only a few mere days away from seeing the best movie in a long time, Spider-Man No Way Home has entered our multiverse. It was incredible. It was amazing. All pun intended. We're going to talk about it on today's episode and review of the film. This is your first time listening to Earth 894. We are a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We're the MCU for you guys. We like to talk about what's been MCU for you. But today, we're going to be talking about the only thing that's relevant, which I, once again, is Spider-Man No Way Home. Joining me every week is the best person ever. I'm so glad we're on the same timeline, not from a different multiverse or else I'd be very sad and I'd miss him all the time. Just like maybe uh, how uh, Mr. Tom Holland is going to be about some certain arachnoids. However, his name is Louis Tonnerini. The best person ever. Bold of you to say that. You're welcome. You've seen the movie twice. I've only seen it once. Unless you count the millions of TikToks that I've watched. In which case, I've seen it like a thousand times at this point. (laughs) I can't wait to get this on home release or stream it. I really can't. Oh yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to go see it again eventually. You still got to take Hannah to go see it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we were going to go the Sunday, but it was too short notice, so we didn't go. Fair enough. You know, kids. Okay, so let's kind of uh, set the scene here. So Louie and I, as well as uh, my girlfriend Alyssa and the good friend of the podcast, Richard Parker. Uh, Porter. Oh my God, Richard Porter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a little, you know, you can, you can understand. Spider-Man on the brain. Plus, yeah, right. Plus you're sick, so I can't hold yeah. you, can't hold you too, uh, too good. down or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the four of us got to see it opening night, which is technically a preview night on Thursdays in, you know, how whatever but we saw it together in Dolby it was incredible it was amazing so how about we talk about this before we actually start diving into the movie itself let's just talk about the overall experience of seeing this movie for the first time Louis what was it like for you when you sat down the MCU Marvel Studios intro role came onto screen and then we really were finally there we were finally finally witnessing this movie what was going through your mind the movie started with Mysterio I believe yeah it did so I was like cool Mysterio, he's back. I was wrong. But just as an overarching thing, like the whole theater was packed. I uh, Richard is infamous for hating cheering during movies. Oh, really? I don't know that. You know, he'd, he'd rather people just shut the hell up and let him enjoy the movie. Whoops. But with this one, you know, I'm infamous for overly cheering for movies. Can't confirm. And uh, <laughs> so I don't know how we're best friends. It's like that TikTok thing that, you know, two people oh. that shouldn't be together that are. So we, we were we were already cheering during like the uh, the previews. There was a preview for that movie Dog with Channing Tatum we were cheering for. And the whole theater was packed. Everybody was was so excited. There was a lot of there was a lot of cheering through the whole movie. A lot of <gasps> a lot of oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And uh, yeah, shout out to the guy that was sitting next to us. Uh, not you, but me rather. Mm-hmm. A nice young couple that had their young kid with them. He, uh, she was about two or three, probably about Henry's age. And uh, you could tell he really wanted to watch this movie and he was going to do anything to watch it. And that's what happened. And then he was, after the first post credit scene, I was like, there's one more. And he looked at me with such anger, like, I'm just trying to leave. And then he's like, but now that you told me that, and he sat back down. <laughs> and uh, You're welcome. He seemed uh, less than thrilled to be with us, but whatever. Other than that, uh, down our, we were like three rows up, like we were like right in the front, which there's a huge gap between the seats and the screen. So it wasn't as bad as I was, as I thought it was going to be, but, uh, like down our row, there was like right dead center. There was a big Wanda fan and she was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, there was just a lot of people that were really excited for the whole movie. So the energy was really high and we've seen a bunch of movies in this theater opening night with no energy at all. None. Yeah. You know, we saw we saw uh Venom, no energy. We saw Black Widow, no energy. Uh this one, a lot more, you know? So that was that was really nice. One of the guys at work, uh, one of the guys I work with, he 
shall remain unnamed because he torrents everything because he has uh, six kids and he's not taking these six kids to the movie theater. Yeah. Yikes. It gets, it gets pricey. So fair enough. He, he found a, a, a crappy download. He said it looked good, but I don't believe that. So he watched it at home and I said, really? And he said, yeah. And then we, we turned it off right before the fight scene. And then I just walked away from him. I said, I can't even talk to you right now. And he's like, well, it was late, man. I was tired. I was like, the movie was almost over. Just finish the movie. Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, we finished it the next day. I was like, yeah, the movie is so good. So incredibly good. But seeing it in a packed theater like that, it had to make it so much better. Right. Just the, uh, the people noticing stuff before I did or everybody realizing something at the same time or just the cheering, the, the clapping, the out, the outcry of everything was great. First things first, no Wolverine. There was no Wolverine in this movie. <laughs> We're not getting Wolverine, guys. Sorry. <laughs> that was the first thing out of the way. I have friends that haven't seen it yet, and people are so weird when they when it's like a, such a big movie, because they come to you with like, they want certain spoilers, but not for you to be too, uh, <laughs> like too specific. Yeah. Because like a uh, good friend of mine, and I think he listens sometimes, is uh, Brett. He just kept asking Richard, he's like, are all three Spider-Men in it, dude? Are all three of them in it? And Richard's like, just, you have to watch it. But are all three of them in it? He says, you have to, I'm just going to Google it if you don't tell me. He goes, why on earth would you do that? Just watch the movie. He goes, I'm just going to Google it. And he goes, fine. And then he told him, obviously, if you're listening, I assume you've seen it or you are just waiting for spoilers. Yeah, this is a spoiler cast, by the way. So, so, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, all three of them are in it. And he's like, that's all I wanted to know. And it's like, what do you get from that? But. Richard was worried if he Googled it, he was just going to like fall into everything that was there, you know? So he's like, mm-hmm. if I can only spoil the one little thing, then so be it. And right. then Hannah asked me, is Karen Page in it? And I was like, that's such a weird spoiler. Like, do you really want to know if Karen Page is in this movie? No, she's not. I don't, like, who cares? Who wants Karen Page? I wanted Foggy, but whatever. I was happy with what I got. I'm sorry. I, I didn't answer your question correctly, but I did want to get a sort of ambiance of what was happening. Right, right. Before we like really dive into the meat and potatoes of it all. Mm-hmm. Also, I got there a little bit early and the guy that had the tickets was running late. You know, it happens. Whatever. Yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> so I had to stand by the bar for a while and there was this girl that was just talking to this bartender, man, and she was, I thought she was in love. And then these two guys walk in and one's like this skinny dude with a bunch of tattoos and then the other guy was... uh he looked just like Ethan Soupley. If you don't know who Ethan Soupley is, he was uh, he was the brother in My Name is Earl, or he was like the really, really fat guy in Remember the Titans. He's also in uh, Boy Meets World. That's who you were talking about. So Ethan Soupley, Ethan is Soupley was in one of the movie previews. That's what and I thought he, you were talking about the whole damn time. And he was in the preview for Dog. And Richard and I lost our freaking minds because we saw big fat Ethan Soupley in the... Uh, in the uh, lobby and then he's in this trailer we're like dad he's here and he's up there <laughs> and uh obviously it wasn't him but so we were having a, a a gay old time you know laughing and and uh even after the movie we went to denny's and there was a bunch of people that just watched the movie and they were sitting there and it's just like a, it was like a 
it was like a phenomenon, you know, you go on Facebook and everybody that saw it is, you know, not giving spoilers away, but just talking about how incredibly good it is and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I have one friend that I, I call out all the time because she thinks everything is bad. She's just like, oh, Suicide Squad was bad and this was bad and everything's bad. And uh, she said that it was so good. And I was like, color me shocked. You don't think anything's good. And she's like, that's not true. And then I saw another comment where she was talking to somebody else. She goes, oh, now we have to wait all the way until May for another movie. I said, actually, it got pushed back to July. And she was like, well, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) So that was pretty funny. Whoops. Yeah. I'm pretty like, like Multiverse of Madness is next, right? Yeah, not until May 6th, actually. I thought it got pushed back to July, didn't it? Uh, I think it was originally in March or February, and then it got pushed back to May. Oh, so I was wrong. I was dead wrong. I apologize, Brianna. Who knows? They're still doing reshoots right now, so it could actually be uh, pushed back to July at this point. I would say before we get into the, into the uh, I don't want to say meat and potatoes again, before we get into the uh, curry and rice of it all, <laughs> Devin, uh, do you have any like ambiance or any uh, outside interference, any factors that you want to talk about, or did I kind of hit everything on the head? Pretty much uh, on the head, man. I was so stoked to go in to finally see Spider-Man because I was afraid that this movie was going to get pushed back due to the COVID pandemic again. So I didn't. I knew I was going to get my hopes up until that movie actually started playing. Even to the minute before it started, I was like, it could always, it could always shut down. The, the theater could burn down. It could, something could happen. But it didn't. So here we are. So I'm ready to talk about it because this movie, I've literally just... I played a show on uh, Friday, December 17th, where we saw it the day before. Literally mid-set. I think I told you, Louie. I even started thinking about Spider-Man No Way Home in the middle of playing on stage. I just like got lost in my own thought because of how damn good this movie is. So let's dive into it. Swing in. So once again, this is a spoiler cast. So uh, warnings if you haven't. So this movie is finally taking place after Far From Home and everything. And where it's picking up the pieces right from when Mysterio made the news reveal on the Daily Bugle in the middle of Times Square and everything. And we're left with the WTF moment with Peter before things really uh, hit the fan. But here we get to see the actual effect of what happens. And so this movie really makes it such an incredible time of going into it right away. And just like you're in the blunt of it all. Peter's identity has been revealed. Everyone's finding out. We get some cool swing in action and everything. And it's wild. So it was great that they actually kind of picked it right up from where we left off. Because it felt great. We didn't have to do a large time dump or anything. Not at all. He, uh, yeah, he's just, he's Peter Parker. And, and they're blaming MJ or they're saying that he's kidnapping her and all that good stuff. And he puts her down on this big old <laughs> bridge or whatever. Oh, I get that dude moment. The dude, 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 dude. <laughs> it, it was funny. Oh, yeah. When Ned calls him. Yeah, it was great. Because even like I downloaded the Spider-Man No Way Home app that they talked about uh, last early last week. And I'm pretty sure when you can go in like his text messages. And I think Ned starts texting him, dude, dude, dude. And so it was kind of funny. I saw that. I was like, huh. Just picking up where he left off. Yeah. And then they go to, you'll have to not explain it, but like it didn't make, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but they get, they get back to Peter's house and May and Happy are breaking up, which I'm pretty sure they did at the end of Far From Home. So it shouldn't have been a a surprise. Well, they were kind of like deciding that, you know what, it's, it's not going to work or it was a fling or whatever. But then I guess is the final actual nail in the coffin, which maybe wasn't a bad thing. But yeah, we get back into the moment where Peter, even though his identity identity has just been revealed, he's just like, I just really want to talk about your two's relationship, which is a really funny moment. Why? Like, was he just trying to hide the fact that there was helicopters outside or? Well, I don't know if he was trying to hide, but to me, it comes down to like, at the end of the day, the whole point of this movie is that he's trying to show that Parker is selfless. 
And so even though his identity identity has just been revealed and everything, his first instinct was to get MJ out of Dodge to make sure she was okay because people started crowding her right away when the reveal happened. And then even when he gets back, he was trying to focus the attention not on himself, uh, which, I mean, which would have been fair if he just did that right off the bat. But instead, he's trying to talk to May and uh, happy about what's going on. But, you know, that didn't last very long. Within like a few seconds, it was back to showing the helicopters outside and all the bad stuff going on. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty intense. You know, he kept shutting all the blinds with the with the webs and everything. Yeah, I almost wonder if when he shot the first web on the windowsill, um, if that was like an improvised moment because he tries to pull it down and it goes back up, but then he just tries like to put it back down again and webs it. If that was improvised, I'd have been like a plus because that was a two minute long take. That was a straight, that wasn't a cut or anything. So it was consistent the whole time. Yeah, I mean, similar to when uh, Star Lord drops the orb. Exactly. Yeah, that would that would be funny. What did you think about uh, Flash reacting to knowing that Peter is Spider Man? I think it is pretty consistent with Flash's character. You know, I didn't, I wasn't in love with his blonde hair, but you know, go, going around telling everybody that he's Peter Parker's best friend just so he can get the rub of being friends with Spider Man and everything. That seems to be very Flash. So I wasn't, I wasn't upset. Yeah, he got the blonde hair back to the like actual true character origins in the comics, which was funny, but it didn't look too natural. Or it didn't look that great, but you know, that's not the point of it. I thought he would have had more of an existential crisis because of how much shit he was giving Peter in the last two films. So the fact that he's like, I have this movie, or I have this book called Flashpoint, and it's a DC reference, that cracked me up. Yeah, he didn't call him Penis Parker at all in this movie. Now he's all about just trying to be his best friend again. Yeah. And then Ned just treats his whole life. We're actually Peter's friends. Right. When they find out the whole MIT thing. Poor kids can't make it into a big expensive school. You know, to me, I was like, all right, MIT, I get it. But the whole thing with MIT, which was kind of interesting, is, of course, they're trying to all get into it, which is it's a really tough school and you have to be really smart. I mean, I don't know if Ned is the most scholarly student out there. I don't know. We know Peter is a genius and everything. And MJ is pretty smart, too. But um, I don't know. Peter is is like under not attack but he's with all of the uh press and everything and then the cops are trying to get in and then you hear the people pounding on his door they're not safe in their home so they hire a lawyer right except that you don't see any of that you just see in the movie you see the cane hit the hit the ground and that's when i heard mm. like for some reason it just didn't didn't click in my head as fast as it did everybody else's head but you saw the cane hit and you just hear <laughs> and then like it just zooms up and you see those beautiful red glasses and that beautiful fucking face. You know, when I saw this on Saturday opening weekend, I was so glad that we saw it on Thursday because people were excited and lost their mind, us included. But on Saturday, I could tell who is truly in the loop and is, you know, a hardcore fan. Barely anyone said anything when Matt Murdock showed up on screen. Oh, From oh. Kane to full-on reveal, only like two people even made a noise. It was so disappointing. Yeah, I was. I, how do I say this without sounding like an idiot? At that point, my excitement peaked. And then it stayed there until the movie ended. <laughs> like, like, once Daredevil was there, I was just like, here we go. This is when it's going to start. And uh, it was on. For me, anyway, uh, like obviously other stuff needed to happen, but you get the daredevil of it all, and he tells Happy that they're coming after the stolen Stark tech. 
So Happy needs to get himself a really good lawyer. And Happy's like, what did I do? I didn't even do anything. And then you hear a glass shatter and a brick comes flying in. And then, of course, Matt catches it, right? Because he's awesome. And then Peter's like, how did you do that? And he's like, I'm a really good lawyer. That's such a good callback, man. It was good. I, uh, I'm so thankful I actually watched uh, the first two um, trailers, or excuse me, the first two seasons of uh, Daredevil only a couple months ago because it made it even that more special for like, especially Alyssa and I, because it's fresh. So that was awesome to actually be in the loop and not just know about it. But also they did a pretty good job of putting this in here. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel wedged. It didn't take away from anything else special about the movie. So when he showed up and then he's gone, it was perfect. We didn't get a whole extended trial sequence or scene or anything like that. It was just, looks like everything's going to drop. You're still going to need some help by the public opinion, but I'm a really good lawyer. Peace. That was perfect. Plus with the day before, we get the Kingpin reveal in Hawkeye. Amazing. Amazing timing. So that's why it was so cool to see that. Just blinking, you miss it. Yeah, it was It was pretty great. I That was great for me. And then I believe they go to Happy's house and they're doing the whole thing at Happy's house. He's... He, uh, Peter finds all the Stark tech. Since I'm an idiot, I thought Happy's house that they went to was just Stark Tower. I figured they were just in Stark Tower, which didn't make a lot of like it clearly doesn't make any sense. But since I'm dumb, that's where I like because it was just this big, massive house full of Stark stuff or this big, massive living area full of Stark equipment. I just figured they're staying at Stark Tower. Mm-hmm. And then Richard had to like explain to me that in New York, sometimes you get a big, nice house that's like 40 floors up and you just have a duplex and i was just like i that does not compute with me man yep city living and in his condo too there's some really cool little easter eggs like that was dummy from um you know iron man and everything but also dummy was helping in uh homecoming pack up all that stark tech before vulture uh tried to steal and hijack it off that plane when they're moving out of stark tower or avengers tower at the time yeah so that was uh kind of funny that you know even though Tony and everyone else is gone, I mean, he still has Dummy, which made me so happy to see. Doesn't Dummy knock over the, the Lego Death Star? Oh my God, yeah, which is so great because it's <laughs> never been able to be completed. But every time they showed uh, Peter going through his like college application uh, receival notice sequence, Dummy kept on building and building and building until the final one. He just knocks it over. And it was so great. <laughs> so funny. And I loved it. So then Peter goes back to school, correct? I think Peter goes back to school uh, a little bit prior to, but either way, I mean, we get this really cool sequence when he enters in and now he's got everyone's attention fully. Some people are with him, some people are against him. MJ, but whole, I love you. Are you going to have his spider babies? That made me uncomfortable, <laughs> but it was funny. <laughs> it was so funny. The, the part though with the, his teacher, the principal and everything, or I don't think that was, that was the principal, but Mr. Harrington, Mr. Dell and uh, Coach Wilson, that part was so funny. Especially with uh, Coach Wilson just being like, Nah, you know what you did? Nah, nah. <laughs> like just like totally against him. He's like Mysterio was right. Yeah, murderer. Just just Hannibal Burris in a movie. Like it was so funny. He's a character, but it's really just him. You know exactly. And it, it, it's shown it's shown through like it's shown through so well. But the whole point of like we build heroes right away. Does that like diorama and mural and everything, or uh, the display case with Spider Man? And it's so funny. But and, go ahead. Go ahead. I. I think we were about to say the same thing somehow. In the background of Peter, you see like the the mural. Were you going to talk about the mural? Yep. On the mural, you have Howard Stark and uh, Hank Pym. There was also, I forget the scientist's name, 
But the scientist responsible for allowing Captain America, Steve Rogers, to go through with the serum, he was on that left side of the mural too. Uh, I don't know his name either, but he's German. Yeah, so the German scientist was there. Also, which is interesting because Hank Pym is on the right, but there's also a shrunken person standing in the Ant-Man suit on top of someone's head. And to the left of them is Pym Particle Vial. So I feel like they had him on there twice, or that's Scott Lang, which makes no sense. Either way, there was a shrunken person with pin particles. Well, it could so have been. I, I don't it know. It could have been uh, uh, Janet Van Dyne. I don't think it was because I didn't see any like wings or anything. But I mean, it's so small and it was gray and red. That was hard to tell. I really need to get like like a good screenshot of that or yeah, see if somewhere has it online. Yeah, I didn't get too into it, but I remember that at the school. I don't remember what happens after the the run in with the teachers. They tell him that he can walk or swing or cl- crawl on the ceiling. Or crawl through like the, the vents because he know he, he can and he probably has. Like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Do whatever you want. Then what happens after that? I, I can't quite remember. Well, basically, we're just looking at the whole college application thing. You know, they're trying to really get into MIT and stuff so they can be in school together. We get that really funny instant where they're talking about no matter what, they could still get their backup schools in like uh, Boston. And Peter mentions how he could still, you know, do Spider-Man stuff in Boston. He's like, they got crime, right? And Ned just goes, yeah, they got wicked crime. Wicked crime. That, that cracked me up. <laughs> Ned is like the unsung funny guy in this in this movie. And then they all hold hands. Or like Peter holds MJ's hand. And then you just see Ned's hand grab a hold. Oh, yeah, doing the whole third wheel thing. It's like uh, Marshall and Lily and Ted. You know, they were like salt, pepper, and paprika or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favorite three seasonings. So they don't get into MIT. And I believe... He reads the Ned reads the letter that in light of recent controversies or recent events, we're unable to accept you at this time, but we can review your application at a later date. You know, it's uh, I'm paraphrasing. It's not perfect, but something along those lines. And then Peter says, hey, man, that's not fair. So he goes and talks to Flash and he's like, hey, Flash, can you like help me out, man? And he's just like. You know what I want, Peter. And he goes, fine, I'll, I'll swing you to school for a week. And he goes, a month. And he goes, a week. Two weeks. Flash, tell me where this lady's at. And uh, he ends up doing the whole thing. You know, he tells Peter. And uh, Peter goes to the, to the bridge to talk to you. This, nice, this nice lady. And he swings there in his, in his uh, the suit that he wears in every freaking trailer. The Iron Spider one, the, the nanotech one. Which was pretty smart on his hand, I guess, you know, because then he could take all the nanobots off and he's got his little suit on or whatever Mm -hmm. to go talk to this lady in the middle of the street. He finally finds her and he's talking to her and she's just not having anything that he's saying. And he says, uh, or his spider sense starts going off. You hear like the dong, dong, dong. His spider sense starts going off. And uh, wow, we missed the whole part, man. We missed the whole Doctor Strange part. A little bit. Yeah, we did. When did that even happen? I swear we we were doing so well. <laughs> we were doing so well. We missed the whole Doctor Strange. So before he went and saw Flash. Yeah, uh, because he, get the, he gets the idea to go talk to Strange because of the whole like Halloween lights you see still hanging up in that little uh, Peter Pan donut shop. Oh, my God. I'm so stupid. I'm like leading this. You're good, man. You're good. I forgot about it, too. It's a whole it's the main part of the movie. <laughs> like, OK. OK, everybody. Excuse me while I fix this, you know, while I use my time stone. They get a rejection. 
Ned reads what I just said about the rejection in light of recent events. Cool. So then they sit in there all mad, you know, like, this isn't our fault. Why are we being punished? All this good stuff. And then Peter sees these Halloween lights that look like a wizard. So he's like, I'm going to go talk to the wizard. Cool. He goes and talks to this Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange is like, yo, what up, Peter? This is Wong. He's actually the Sorcerer Supreme. So that they just peppered that in like, like it was mm-hmm. not a big deal. I disagree. Huge deal, but whatever. And also the whole say, uh, help me out here. Sanctor Septorum. Sanctum Sanctorum. Sanctorum. That place covered in snow. You know, Dr. Strange isn't one for rules. So he's just like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So they start doing like a, everyone's going to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man charm. And then Peter's like, well, what about Ned? Well, what about MJ? Well, what about this guy? What about that guy? And then he changes it like six times and then it becomes like a little, like a little remember all, you know, a little thing just shaking and angry and doing its whole thing. Mm -hmm. He's like, this spell can't get out, Peter. You know, you just ruined everything, which was pretty cool. He's like, well, since they told you, since you called and they told you you couldn't do anything, it was only right for you to come see me. I could have called. You oh, yeah, he gets so pissed. You didn't call. <laughs> he gets so pissed. Which I kind of like to see that kind of like... Doctor Strange, you know, going back to our bingo card, um, he wasn't evil. Not but yet. technically, he's in the movie? I don't know. Depends on how you watch it, I guess. But I kind of like that Doctor Strange is trying to be like the more stern figure. Like, dude, you're being an idiot. Fix your freaking mess and let's... Scooby-Doo this shit. Yeah, which it sounded better than Scooby-Doo this crap what that was in the trailer. So I'll give credit to that. He's supposed, I, I guess he's like a Tony Stark replacement, right? I don't know if I'd really call him a replacement. Because now, I mean. I wouldn't say a replacement, but like a, uh, like Tony kind of kept Peter in check. And at this, at this moment, Dr. Strange is keeping him in check. Or at least attempting to. So some magic happens and then doesn't happen, but still kind of happens. And then he goes to see Flash. He's on the bridge talking to this lady. Spider sense goes off. Bong, bong, bong. Hello, Peter. You know, like, yeah, that was freaking sick. And Hannah and I rewatched all three Toby movies in route to this movie. So what I've learned is Spider-Man cannot defeat Doc Ock. You just can't like in a fight. Not going to happen. This guy wrecked. Really absolutely wrecked Peter Parker. Um, Tommy McGuire, and now he's absolutely wrecking uh, Tom Holland. Only when he gets greedy and he steals the nanobots onto his thing does Peter able to uh, take control of him. Mm-hmm. But it was after he's like whipping cars and Peter's saving people and getting wrecked and finally like pins him to a to a beam or whatever. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. The uh, like the Stark uh, tentacles, don't you think? Yeah, I like the nanobots go over too because it shows they can control. But I mean. If he didn't have the superpower suit and everything with the Stark tech, he wouldn't have gotten through that. I mean, he would have been dead right there. So it is kind of a testament to like how much the tech really stands up for him. Maybe there is a another way he could have got he could have gotten around it. But oh, it was really cool to see that. Yeah, it it leads not leads, but it like gives you a chance to imagine like a like a good guy Doc Ock with Stark arms, just just wrecking bad guys. Yeah. So that was really cool, the Doc Ock part. And then they go back to the bridge. Uh, Doc Ock is all wrapped up in the Stark arms that Peter's still able to control. And then the nice lady gets out of the car and 
and uh, he she tells Peter that she's going to reconsider because of what a good young man he is and all that good stuff. And he's like, no, no, you shouldn't just reconsider because I saved you. And she's like, I'm going to reconsider. Just take the win. You know, paraphrasing, of course. <laughs> and then she gets out. She gets out of the car or whatever, and she walks over to to Octavius, and she goes, "That was not nice," or something similar. Like, not cool, not okay. You're a bad man. I was like, I was like, damn, Otto's getting treated right now. I thought she was gonna start like just whipping him with a bag or something to put him in place, right? And then you hear the laugh, right? Yeah, which was great because like the Goblin reveal and the uh, well, majority of the villain reveals. We've kind of already seen, but it still didn't take away from like the actual magic on screen of it happening. Because when Doc Ock shows up, and then also when Goblin shows up on that bridge, people still lost their damn minds in the theater. And it was exciting. And it really kind of revitalized that part too. So ultimately, I felt like it was awesome. And then we get that really cool uh, sequence, and then we're back into the uh, Undercroft of uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum. Try saying that five times fast when you're sick to really take a look at everything. Well, let me say this before we get into the the dungeon if you will you see goblin he throws a a bomb and then peter gets whipped away by the by the portal i want to take a second right now to say willem dafoe is the green goblin seven out of five stars and we'll get more into it i'm going seven out of five stars he was (laughs) he was incredible absolutely flawless he was terrifying man absolutely the like uh, like we'll get into controversial statements later when we talk about like after the movie, but yeah, just the best. Um, go on with your with your dungeon of of terrifying uh, sinister five. So basically, in the dungeon of everything, that's when Dark Strange really shows everything off, and um, everything right here was where like it's a big stepping point too, because we're finally seeing everything going on with uh, the other villains who are showing up already. Uh, Strange has already acquired like Lizard and everything, but. The whole point of the piece that's really cool to see is that um, we get the new suit and we get the explanation of how that inside out suit kind of comes into play too because then Peter's going to be sent on a mission by Strange to really scooby-doo this shit to then figure out where the other villains are hiding and everything to try and get them under control so they can send them back uh, which takes us actually to like the scene where we end up finding uh, Sandman as well as uh, Electro who now has basically just turned into Jamie Foxx which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, debatable. That's only one of the things I kind of had uh, I wouldn't say like a flaw of the film, but just a little bit taken back was Electro definitely was a totally different villain from what he was in Amazing Spider-Man 2. But I mean, everyone kind of changed a little bit, got some upgrades here and there. It, it's not a bad thing, um, but I feel like almost part of it was for them to get him back as Electro in this movie. I think they needed to give him a little bit more freedom and control. So it wasn't just this uh, gap tooth weirdo with a really bad comb over that made no sense. They still played good fun in it with the jokes and everything later. So... The multiverse is open. Everybody who knows Peter Parker is uh, is here, right? I think in the in the trailer he says everyone who's been killed by Peter Parker, right? Uh, it was everyone who basically knew who Peter Parker was, yeah, or that he was Spider Man. But they all found out that basically they were kind of taken away moments from death, which doesn't make sense for kind of like Lizard as well as um, Sandman. Sandman, yeah, because they didn't really die. But I mean, it it could have just been a reason why they uh, are just you know just something that was. Similar for the like the Raimi villains a little bit more so. Um, well, actually, not really. It's just a common thread. Everyone seemed to still be like, you know, it's just it's just convenience. Yeah. It's just for Peter to realize like, no, I actually can, I should be able to help them or something. I can't just send him back to die. That's not right. And it goes back to him being selfless. Yeah. He goes, he goes to feast to find just nice 
Norman Osborn, you know, I don't know what's going on, you know, sad. Stealing donuts. Yeah. He takes all of these people. Well, cool, cool fight with Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension, right? They go to the mirror dimension and Doctor Strange is is trying to stop Peter from trying to save these other people, these familiar people to us, un- unfamiliar to him. And Peter realizes that the mirror dimension is just math. So he traps Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension and decides to try and help the bad guys being... Goblin, Doc Ock, Sandman, Lizard, and uh, Electro. I always want to call him the Shocker. Different villain completely. Peter's going to help him. So he takes them all to Happy's house. Lizard says, I'm just going to wait in the van. Already a terrible idea by them. They're just like, cool, you wait in the van. Why on earth would you just let a a villain wait in the van? But whatever. Jamie Foxx is being real, real uh, sneaky. And and, uh, I think you knew... Doc Ock was going to end up being somewhat of a good guy Mm -hmm. by just how incredibly grumpy and angry he was until they fixed the chip on his back. Yeah. So like Norman or maybe it was Goblin pretending to be Norman. It doesn't matter. Helps Peter and uh, they fix Doc Ock and then he turns back into into, into Green Goblin and then you just have like the best fight scene. No, I wouldn't even save the whole movie, but just this awesome goblin beating the crap out of Peter, man. Just like he turns into, I, like I've seen it a lot, and I thought about it in the in the, in the theater. Uh, there's a wrestler back in the day, Batista, who's pl- he plays Drax. Norman Osborn just takes all of his moves and just throws Peter through walls, and he power bombs him. He gives him a spine buster through like eight floors. He freaking destroys this guy, and then Aunt May like stabs him, and then he just like. Runs her over with the with the with the damn glider. Then he throws a pumpkin bomb at her. Um, well, I wanted to backtrack real quick. So when Peter's trying to like figure out what's going wrong with one of the villains, I didn't catch it on until my second viewing when it was really quiet. You can tell that is Norman because as Peter's walking through the condo, you can start to hear Defoe laugh and cackle. It's very very faint, but you can hear the laugh coming from Goblin basically. And that's really like your big takeaway, like, oh, oh, it's him. It's him. There's other signs beforehand, too. But that was one I saw that was very cheeky. If you had to really hear and listen to it, you got to be in a good theater because it was so faint. But that was a good takeaway, like, ooh, it's going to be him. Yeah, he had the uh, the spider sense going. and Yeah. And then they all turned on him and Lizard broke out of the van, obviously. And Right. But going back to the moment with the glider and everything, this, I think, is probably the first moment where I actually like started to cry or tear up a little bit, at least. Um, because we get basically the Uncle Ben moment three films in, but with Aunt May this time, which is the first time that's ever been done on screen. Bro, it, it, it like, it was so sad because she just got wrecked. Right. And then Peter's laying there all wrecked and she just gets up like nothing happened. She's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. She goes, listen, out, man. listen, Peter, blah, blah, blah. And they have a whole ass conversation. And she says, with great responsibility must come, or she says it differently, but I think it's from the comics. Yeah, she actually says it like actually 100% accurate to the comics. So she gives him the great great power comes great responsibility, basically. And then she lays down and just skin dies. And it was like, it was like heartbreaking. Oh man, it was so awful. I mean, like all the, all the Uncle Ben ones are heartbreaking, but you get Uncle Ben for like half an hour each movie if that yeah or this we had three films yeah and it's marissa tomei who's just everybody's favorite do i have to say it she's so hot and i said it and 
she lay and she's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then he's like, get an ambulance. And then she just like dies. And then one chonky, terrifying tear just falls from her eye. And it makes you want to just, oh, he's just like, I want to kill him. And I'm like, I want you to kill him. And everyone's like, no, you can't kill him. And it's just the yeah. saddest thing. And, uh, you know, and that's, I think, it's a good point to put it into the middle of the film of like that low moment right there for everyone to really get sad and, you know, just distraught because we immediately get brought back into the hype of it all, which finally confirms what everyone's been theorizing. And, you know, let's be honest, they're here kind of moment because we're trying to see MJ and Ned take care of everything. And that's when we finally get the A, that Ned can actually use portals, which is kind of crazy. Uh, did not see that coming. But we finally get the Spider-Man. So I know we're trying to go a little bit faster, but this this definitely needs to be broken down. Go for it. Peter is sad. Aunt May dies. Peter is sad, so he runs away. He's doing his thing. And they're like, but we need to find him. And then Ned says, show me Spider-Man and does the thing. And then you see, for me, it looked like the black suit because it was like a dark alley. But I recognized the suit right away. Honestly, I would have never recognized that suit had it not been for Ricky from Heart of a Hero because he he loves that suit. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> so like after your interview with him, I started recognizing that suit a lot more. So we saw him. It definitely stands out. And everybody's like, and then I turned to Richard and said, that's Andrew Garfield. <laughs> and Richard's like, yeah, I know. And then like they do it. I think the portal might close or something. They do it again. And then he like comes through. And he's standing there and everybody's like, yes, and the whole theater, man, loses their freaking mind. And like, you knew it was coming. <clears throat> there is one guy who is like to the right of us in the theater who is just like, as soon as the eyes reveal, I knew it was Andrew because of the suit. Um, but the guy just starts yelling like, get him, get him. <laughs> like, just like, he's saying what we're all thinking. It's just like, no, 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 no. You go oh. out that motherfucker. Oh. And it was so great it like, was when the, finally it happened, It was man. the best. And he comes in. And he's like, hey, I'm Spider-Man. And they're like, you're not Spider-Man. Then he takes off the, ha- the the mask and it's just that beautiful face and everybody's so happy. Oh, it was great. It was so great. And then MJ's just like, throws a piece of bread at him. He's like, what are you doing? Oh, those little bread rolls are great. She's like, don't you have the tingle? He's like, yeah, but not for bread. Not for bread. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't like, oh my God. He, Andrew in this whole movie just won me over again as like one of the best Spider-Man yeah. uh, portrayals because he is so good at this humor. Hashtag amazing Spider-Man three or what? Please. You know, I'm actually, I was a little skeptical about that, but now I'm on board. Like I would love to see him come back as a third movie, have miles show up to make him like the mentor to the mentee. I would love to see it, but I would love to actually just in general have Andrew come back in some fashion oh. after this because he definitely re-earned it. He's hanging by the by the ceiling with one hand. And she's like, that's not proof. Crawl around. He goes, I'm all right. How am I hanging here? And was, He's like, it's enough. It's 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 proof. And then Ned's grandma comes in and says a bunch of Portuguese stuff. Not Portuguese, excuse me. Filipino stuff. And uh then he crawls over and he gets the, the cobweb down. And then, okay, so obviously it's the wrong one. So he says, I'm trying to find your Peter Parker. And she's so they're like, okay, cool. Show me Peter Parker. And then it opens up and I, I'm, he might be facing the opposite way, but then he turns maybe I, maybe I'm wrong, but, but it's him and, and everybody like the Andrew Garfield reveal was one thing, but this, this was a whole, was a whole nother, like, yeah. like 
the theater erupted, just clapping, cheering. I'm surprised everybody wasn't standing at this point. <laughs> and uh, and Toby walks through, and you know he looks <laughs> he looks like a cool youth pastor, as, as Andrew Garfield says. And uh, he's like, "Hi, I'm Peter Parker." And they're like, whoa, whoa, "What is happening?" And then the two Spider Men are like star- staring at each other, and they both do the uh, the webs which was awesome. Like this, this is incredible. So they do a little uh, banter and then they're like, Oh, is there any way that your Peter might go? And then they go find him immediately. Like, Oh, we didn't think about where he might go. <laughs> like whatever. At least we got this out of the, out of the movie. Right. Yeah. So they go up there and then you get all three Spider-Men together and it's just, just the best. One of my biggest things with Marvel is you only get a few minutes or part of a movie of Captain America with Mjolnir, and it makes me sad. But this might top that. Wow. Because this is awesome. And then you only get it for some time, and it's just like, I need this for all time. This is so great. (laughs) I mean, it's it's no wonder why they were calling this the endgame of Spider-Man, because not only is it really looping a lot of the MCU together, but it's actually bridging the cinematic universe of having... Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man movies, as well as the Tobey Maguire Raimi trilogy, actually being part of this story now. So it's really doing so much more, and it's incredible to see that culmination between the three on that rooftop of the school because we finally get more into an emotional piece of sharing the the grievances of losing Gwen. How did that relate to you know the importance of Andrew's portrayal or uh, that version of Peter Parker? Oh, my whole as well as talking about their uncle Ben and talking about the great responsibility quote and everything and. It was it was kind of nice to see how, especially for Andrew, who's had a really tragic storyline, how he was honest with how he talked about after a while he started pulling his punches, but this kind of resets him and he told him how that's that's not okay. And so there's a lot for Tom Holland's Peter to really learn in this moment too, which made it great. But the whole scene was just so awesome that they finally just kind of air it out, vent here, and then let's get to work. I, I'm going to compare this movie to other movies a lot. This scene is very similar to when Fisk kills Prowler in Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't pretend you know what I'm going through. And then they all like explain who died in their thing. So it's like very similar to that, if that makes yeah, I sense. Feel like this may have, I feel like Spider-Verse may have influenced this a little bit, which is perfectly okay. And then I have one more for you when we get to the end of the movie. Um, Sweet. So all three are together. Cool. Awesome. Dope. They go to the lab. Right? The lab scene was hilarious. Um, Without going too crazy into it, Ned goes, hey, Peter. And they're all like, what? That's when you we get... Got, yeah, they got a classy way of doing the pointing meme, which is great. That's when you get the point. And then he goes, no, Peter Parker. And they're like, yeah, we're all... Uh, eh. That doesn't and help. <laughs> he goes, computer. And they're like, oh, the computer. And then they go over and look. So... That was hilarious, right? And then you get just the banter between um, Toby and Andrew was like, was like so perfect. <laughs> like when you when you went into this, you're like, I want all three Spider Man, and I want them to be like a big thing. But like, you didn't expect Tom Holland to. This is Tom Holland's movie; he's got stuff to do. But you didn't right. expect like Toby and Andrew to have this perfect banter between each other. They had really good chemistry. Yeah. It was incredible, and. It's just, it was so great. And uh, they finally finish up there and then they go to the 
to the Statue of Liberty, which in in over the top Marvel fashion, they're putting Captain America's shield on the Statue of Liberty. You know, I really don't know how I feel about that, man. <laughs> it's so dumb. It, lo- it looks so tacky. It's so dumb. It looks so I dumb. I loved it. They're going to give it to John Walker. They'll give it to anybody, man. <laughs> <laughs> now that's funny. Um, We'll see if it's still there, though. That's a real point. What's the word I'm looking for? Not a shout out. We'll call it shout out since I can't remember. Shout out to the Raimi trilogy when uh, Peter loses his powers and then falls off a building and hurts his back. He's like, yeah, my back is killing me. And then Andrew like snaps his back. He's like, here, just hold your arms like this. And, like snaps his back or when it cracks his back. And he's like, oh, that's much better. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> like, that was good. Do you also know the deeper meaning behind the whole back reference? Oh, I thought Toby. I thought it was just, oh, yeah, because he almost missed out on the. Yeah. The uh, whole trilogy because of a back back problem and he was going to get replaced with Jake Gyllenhaal. So it's so funny. It's like it works on the meta level of the movies, but also like, no, legit, he has a back problem, which is so funny. Yeah. And the the three Spider-Men of it all was just the best. Like they were waiting for the villains to show up and these three just talking to each other. I, I would sit there and watch these three talk to each other for two hours and 30 minutes or however long the movie was. If you just wanted those three to talk to each other, it was just like, what other what other villains have you fought? And he goes, "Oh, I fought a, a black goo monster or black goo alien." And I was like, "I popped so hard for that." And he's like, "I fought a guy in a rhino suit." And I popped like, hard lame. for that. He's like, "I'm so lame." And he goes, "No, you're amazing." And I was like, "Oh my god, this is the it's best like, thing like, ever." Not, like, he's like, he's like, "No, I want you to say it." He's like, "No, I really need to hear that." Thank you. <laughs> like, was, it's like, oh my god, it was so funny. They, you know, if they ever have a podcast, that'd be perfect. It was the three peats. It was the best thing ever. But I mean, the best conversation that they had was going back to the organic web fluid coming from Toby's Peter. How they're all just like waiting for battle and literally talking about it. Like, so like, do you grow that? Or like, do you make that? And then he's talking and comparing it to like breathing and stuff. Does it only it so come funny. out of your wrist? Only we were all thinking it. I'm o- glad they asked that. Only the wrist, guys. Like, I really didn't think they were going to go into the organic web shooters of it all. I really thought they were just going to gloss over that. And then they didn't. Which is why it's this is so funny. Yeah, this is obvious. Like I keep telling people, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Wow. And um, I might, I like, I think it might be a little bit recency bias, but I think it's, yeah, I think it's up there just because of these three and also Matt Murdock. But, but they go out there and fight the guys and they're so bad at it. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're so bad at it. And then they come back together. They're like, I've never been a part of a team, which Peter fights. Sandman and Venom invite Spider-Man three with Harry, but we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get past that. So they're like, I've never been a part of a team. He goes, Well, I have been a part of a team. I don't want to brag, but right now I will. I was an Avenger. They're like, You were an Avenger? What is that? <laughs> yeah, like, is that a you band? band? <laughs> You're in a band. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny, man. Oh, I loved it. Like, just the oh the the, the banter was the best. Yeah. Oh, at one point, Andrew gets shot with Toby's uh, web. web, and he's like, "Ugh, gross!" And he pulls it off of his mask or whatever. So funny. Oh my god! Oh man! So they go out and and fight these guys, and they end up obviously winning. Uh, Lizard makes it through the portal, and and uh, Tom Holland fights him in the in the uh, classroom or whatever. Uh, Doc Ock appears. Wild Doc Ock appears. He just wrecks everybody, right? You know, he cure like they cure. Was it Lizard first? Uh, they cure. Um, no, Sandman first. So they cure the Sandman, and then Lizard. And then it's. Then I think it's Mysterio. 
or not Mysterio, Jesus, it's Electro. So Ock comes in and cures Electro and then they do Lizard? No, Lizard was beforehand. Electro was the last one because he had the two Peters or yeah, three so, Peters so, all like so held was, up. So yeah, it was Sandman and then Lizard and then Electro and then Goblin comes and you're just like, here it is, man. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, and Doctor Strange is present during this too. Homeboy, Doc Ock grabs him and they do the whole thing and then he gets the the remember all with the in the in the cube uh-huh. and then he throws that uh pumpkin bomb in there shit explodes mj falls now if you didn't cry when when may died i might give you a pass if you didn't cry here you don't have feelings cuz i just watched tiktoks about it in my car crying <laughs> oh it my is, god it's so good it is it is just the saddest, not even sad, but just like the the most heart-wrenching thing because MJ is falling to her death just in, in the same exact cinematic way that Gwen Stacy fell to her death in Amazing Spider-Man 2. And Tom Holland dives after her and then he gets taken out by Green Goblin. And so she's falling. And then you just see Andrew Garfield, no! And he jumps on and he he gets down and he grabs her. And they're standing there and he's got her and and he's staring into her eyes and she's staring back at him. She goes, are you okay? And he's just crying. It's 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 giving me goosebumps right now talking yeah, about man, it. Same. It's so well done. Oh, it was like when we when we went over the um the trailer, yeah, Richard yeah. had mentioned, yeah, maybe uh maybe a little redemption story. And I was like, oh, that would be so good. And then they did it, and it was better than so good. That was that was that was perfect in my mind. Just, just the best. I I can't stop gushing over this whole movie, but that was just awesome, right? It was a good moment too, because you know when they're trying to going back to when they were trying to make the cures for everyone. Toby mentions how he's been thinking about how he could have fixed the serum for a long time now for uh, Norman. So like that's his big redemption thing. He's finally f- curing the first villain that really did the most damage, and you know has always been the most formidable. So he gets his redemption, but this really isn't so much a villain. It's more so what he failed at doing, and that's you know the death of Gwen. So the fact that he, he he's been thinking about it for a long time, he knew not to web again. He went straight for the jump, just for, and that's where it really showed. And like that's what I love is not only is this movie all about like second chances, but like our Spider Men really get the second chance from their own trilogies and their faults and mistakes. So like on a whole another grand level of just theme and storytelling, it's just absolutely incredible and it's you know for lack of a better term it's amazing oh that like i keep seeing that moment in tiktoks doing, oh best scenes from no way home and that's always part of it yeah and it, it makes me tear up every single time it was so good and andrew just does an incredible job of acting in this and i think that's really where it goes to play where like if you have the right direction for an actor as well as the right story you can get incredible performances out of them and that's what was lacking from some of the later Raby movies as well as from uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. It's just like these actors are great. They're incredible. They can do so much. And Andrew just hit it out of the fucking park. Like every time he gets emotional, you feel it and you know it's real. It's just so good. Yeah, the best. Just the best. So from there, I can't exactly remember what happens. But some stuff happens and then Peter is fighting Goblin. Our main Peter, uh, Tom Holland Peter, is fighting Green Goblin. And as a fan of violence, this this rocked me to my core. It was... God, brutal. Oh. Um, one of my favorite scenes 
from television is is uh, John Snow. Uh, I'm sorry, I already kind of. Well, no, I, I was gonna guess wrong anyways. I was gonna say the hallway scene from Daredevil. Well, absolutely, but John Snow versus Ramsey Bolton. I don't know uh, if you, have you watched Game of Thrones. Uh, the first like four seasons. Have you, have, do you know what I'm talking about? The Battle of the Bastards. Uh, I don't remember very well. Well, regardless, Ramsey Bolton, biggest piece of crap that there was at the at that moment in Game of Thrones. Jon Snow just gets on top of him, starts raining punches. This guy's bleeding and just just swollen and just I'm just like just get him, get him, like like a like a savage. I'm just a savage. And so he is just, just destroying Willem Dafoe, just beating him. At one point, he does like a a, a flip web power bomb. Oh, it's so good! Oh my god, it's like straight out of the PS4 game. Yeah. Which Tom Holland mentioned he stole a couple moves from the game because they were filming when he was playing it. Oh, and he's just he's just punch us laying it thick on this guy, and he's giggling and laughing the whole time. And Tom he's not Holland even bleeding ran. either. No, uh, I'll I'll tell you. Uh, what I told Richard yesterday after I finished my thought. So finally, Tom Holland like grabs the glider and he's getting ready to stab him. M- meanwhile, everybody's watching him and like, like frozen. Like this, this is really happening, right? Yeah. So he grabs it. And he's just getting ready to just, just kill him. And uh, like, I feel like they didn't make any wrong decisions in this movie. And then, and then uh, Toby steps in front of him, and like almost, almost as a, as a stop what you're doing you don't want to go down this path right and it was just like oh and it was great right and you're just like that was the perfect choice for who to step in front of him you know if not him it could have been him tony or may two or three are dead so had to be (laughs) and then it happens and then and then and then goblin stabs peter and my heart sank i didn't see that coming at all i was so scared that they were going to kill off toby in this movie i thought he was i thought he died i thought for sure he died and i was just like <laughs> don't do this. And, and don't I, do this. I was i was in my feels at that moment and then how do, how do they heal him he doesn't really heal uh, oh wait uh how they heal norman yeah um someone tosses peter i think i think cure. garfield does i think garfield throws it up and then holland yeah, grabs it and stabs him and then is he's, it Garfield or is it MJ? I, I think it's Andrew Garfield because he says, good catch. And he goes, that was a good throw or whatever. You're right. You're right. Yep. Yeah, it was Garfield. And, yeah, uh, and then he does it. And then Norman's just sitting there. What have I done? And I'm like, you, you. And, Dude, it's so good. Uh, and then, yeah, so that happens. Doctor Strange is in the sky because the whole, the whole thing just rips open. And then you see, um, personally, I've only seen the movie the one time and I missed the whole beginning. I only saw Rhino. So I saw Craven. Okay. I saw Black Cat. Okay. Which I'm not too sure if that's true, but I'm pretty sure I saw Black Cat. Also saw Scorpion. Scorpion. And, and then, then I saw someone else I couldn't figure out. That one's gonna need a full on like play pause, play pause, play pause because I've heard some of the figures are really hard. I've heard Silk, Black Cat, Craven, Scorpion, and Rhino. So Yeah, Rhino for sure, yeah. But you know what? The Rhino didn't look like Paul Giamatti's really bad rhino suit. No, it looked like looked like the rhino from like that, like the big man with the horn on his head. Yeah, it didn't like, look like a PlayStation Four, baby, <laughs> baby. I don't want that to ever cross over, but you know, part of me really wants to, like a little boy, Ugh. just like do it anyways. Right. So Peter's like, 
got to be a way to stop this. And he's just like, no, there's not. And he goes, well, what if nobody can remember who I am? And he's like, well, I guess that would work. And he's like, do it. And he's like, nobody's going to remember who you are. And he's like, do it. He's like, well, you got a few minutes. Go say your byes. And he says goodbye to the other Spider-Man, which was heartbreaking. They all hug. It was my favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. Then he goes and says goodbye to MJ and Ned. And he's like, no, I'm going to come find you. I'm going to explain everything. It's going to be like 50 first dates. He doesn't say that, but he might as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, then almost like poof and it's gone. You know, nobody can remember Peter Park. I, I thought the spell was nobody was going to remember Peter was Spider-Man. Like the spell that he was doing at the beginning. However, it's just nobody knows who Peter Parker is. Right, which that got me a little... The more I've sat on that a little bit, that makes me wonder if that's going to be the same effect for every single iteration of Peter Parker. So when Toby goes back and when Andrew goes back, are they going to be in the same position that Tom Holland's Peter is in? I don't know if that's only exclusive or not safe to say we probably will never find out yeah which is true which maybe i probably not the way they're intending to do that because that i mean that's a whole nother can of worms but regardless i mean it goes back to like second chances but it's like the most selfless act is what peter's trying to do at the end of the day one thing i did want to point out though before we kind of go on which made me think a little bit so when they're fighting on uh between peter and norman on the shield there and then he goes to try and do that final blow with uh goblins um uh, glider now I'm blinking rider yeah right away I thought of two other moments where someone is r- full of rage and goes to strike down with something and they both involved Captain America's shield so I thought that was a really cool callback because Captain America uses a shield to bust yep the arc reactor and Tony Soon in Civil War but then your boy Mr. Walker uses the shield to just obliterate someone's head in uh, the fucking Winter Soldier so I thought that was really reminiscent whether on purpose or not, but the fact that he's trying to do something of a very similar uh, brutal action on top of the shield that's only done that same move twice in the whole MCU, I thought that was kind of cool. You're so good at, at seeing stuff. You should you Thanks, should host man. a podcast, I swear. <laughs> you too, man. So here's my second movie thought. You've seen uh, the first uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah, I saw them both. So the end of this movie was very end of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. You remember the big sky thing flaps its wings and then everybody forgets that wizards oh, are a thing? It was like the rain, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then everybody's I like, forgot about that. What are wizards, you know? And then they like go into, or Queenie goes into the bakery that Jacob runs. Yeah. And he's like, <gasps> and he's like, do I know you? Do I not know you? You know, they share that look. And then Peter walks into the bakery where, uh, it's a donut shop, but where uh, Zendaya or MJ works. And then it's like, does he know who I am? Does she not know who I am? And it turns out she doesn't know who he is. That was pretty heartbreaking. You know what's kind of beautiful about that too? You know, everything that has like a clear defined view in the MCU is for a reason. When they first showed her donut shop that she's working in, Peter Pan uh, Donuts or whatever it was called, right away I was like, why would they call that Peter Pan? I don't think it really had anything to do with them in the comics or anything other than, you know, Peter Pan being a Disney property. However, if you really think about it, if you really want to try and pull some strings, I mean, Peter Pan, what does he do? He's a boy who never ages and watches everyone else grow up ahead of him, all the boys and girls. Well, when you step into Peter's, literally when Peter walks into Peter Pan's bakery and donut shop, whatever, which donuts are bitching, by the way, I love donuts. <laughs> I mean, they're, literally that's what's going on. He's going to be forget 
or he's going to no longer be remembered by two of his best friends, of course. They're going to go on and live their lives, and he's still just the boy at Neverland. So it was, to me, I feel like that's may have what they were trying to go for with that name title for that shop, or just flexing the Disney <laughs> partnership and owning everything too. But it just, to me, it was like, why are you guys rubbing the salt in this wound? It's too soon. Part one of Louis was wrong. Oh. Um, the, the scene opens, right? They, they, Peter walks in. Hi, I'm Peter. Hi, I'm Peter. And he walks in and he orders a coffee. And then Ned walks in behind him. And then he's like, oh, hi, MJ. And I swear, I thought that they, those two were going to kiss. Ned and MJ. And it's oh, like, those two awful. are together. Ooh, oh, I thought God. for sure. Like, it would have been so weird. Like, it would have been weird to see Ned I'm kiss MJ. Pissed. I'm not going to lie. I would have been pissed. But it, like, like, that's such a, that's such like a, like a 90s sitcom thing to do, right? Yeah, I could see that. Like, I wish I was never born. And then, you, you know, they do that one episode where you were never born. So now Lily's in love with Ted and like yeah, dumb stuff like exactly. that. So I was, I really thought that Ned was like, MJ was going to be like, hi, honey. And, you know, just a little thing. And then Peter was just going to be like, what? <laughs> that would have been so bad. But that did not happen. That's part one. I have a part two. But, you know, they just have an awkward exchange. And then Peter decides to uh let them live their lives which was which takes a lot of uh takes a lot of uh, guts heroic yeah one might say so as of right now the the mj's the mj and ned saga is over i'm sure they'll be back you know i mean they pretty much set it up because there's a lot to go back on but ned apparently is uh part sorcerer he's a wizard yeah he's going to hogwarts so I want to see uh, where that's going to go, if at all. I hope that's not just a one and done kind of thing, because I kind of want to see what happens. They're all one and dones now, man. But, you know, what's kind of interesting, MJ is still wearing the broken black dalian necklace. Yeah, that's another so, thing I was going to mention. I was hoping he'd be like, oh, I like your necklace. Like, where'd you get that? I wish they had that moment just to really, like, seal it in. Just show me where there's hope or something, but maybe symbolically, just the visual... Uh, cue of her still wearing it I think is enough yeah it was uh, it was quite sad so he decides to leave them alone then he goes to Aunt May's uh, grave yeah speaking of sad and yep here it is again man if you don't if you don't at least tear up a little here what is the matter with you Uh, as the great Ocampo custom put it he goes this movie made me cry and I don't cry (laughs) he's standing there and he's like you know taking it all in uh, her, her, her headstone said, if you help someone, you help everyone, which is also what the headstone says in the amazing, in the, uh, in the Spider-Man video game after Aunt May dies. Spoiler alert yep. for the video game. <laughs> um, so good. He's doing that. And then happy walks up and you're like, finally, someone who's going to know Peter. Right. And he's just like, how'd you know her? I'm like, what? <laughs> like you guys dated and he was there. How do you not remember him being not there? Only that, not only that, Happy was the one who was like basically the handler of Spider-Man when all the Civil War was going on. When you see that montage in Homecoming, Happy was the one who was basically trying to like be the middleman between Iron Man and Peter. So like particularly all the stuff they've gone through and all the shared losses of, you know, Aunt May and Tony and everything. It just like, it really drives it home. Like, no, this is this is permanent, man. Oh, he's like through it's a sp- sad movie. He said through Spider Man. How about you? Oh, the same. 
or whatever. Maybe it wasn't like that, but it was just like, oh my God. He's like, all right, take it easy or something. And it's just like, oh no. <laughs> like that had to hurt Richard the most because he's a huge Happy Hogan fan. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, this is tearing my freaking heart up, man. And I really hope we still get happy in the future. I don't want him just to be that his final moment. John Favreau's the best. Bring him back always. He's so good. So Peter goes off on his own and he's got his own apartment now. Louis was wrong part two. <laughs> I really, really thought that guy was going to be like, where is my rent? You know, <laughs> you get your rent when you right. fix this damn door. <laughs> but no, like I just thought he was going to make a little cameo. The rent is due on the first. Mr. Uh, that so funny. Dozovich or Dizovich or whatever his name is. Yeah. I mean, really it, it don't really realize until this moment, but I mean, we're through movies in, we just got the origin story of Peter Parker in the MCU. He's finally a no name person. No one knows who he is. He's going to be struggling just to, you know, pay rent in this really crappy apartment. Not only that, it, it, like I thought it was really touching to see that out of the things he was unpacking, you see that he's got a GED study guide. So he didn't even finish high school. No. We know he's way too damn smart for everything. So the fact that he's still going to go and like get his GED is I thought that was really incredible to see he's still trying to value his education and everything too. But I mean, the best moment really comes into play. And if you're counting like I was, we get suit number 5 as in his fifth suit that he wears in one singular movie, which is finally this blue and red shiny classic spidey suit. Beautiful, beautiful suit. I really want a good still or like a better close-up look at it because, dude, it was shining so bright. It's got some glitter in that spandex. Tomorrow morning. Um, Hope so. No, I really don't hope so. Um, But we'll get to that. He switches suits a lot, man. In this movie, it's, yeah, I didn't count. He's in the upgraded suit. I think that's what we call it. We're just going to go right, ahead the, and name colors. The black and red suit. That works better. The black suit, which is the black and the red Iron suit spider. inside out. He goes Iron Spider. Then he goes well, into I'm just black. trying to name name suits. The Iron Spider. And then he's in the, the black and red suit with the part of nanotech, which covers his chest. Yep. That's four. And then the, the red and blue suit. Five. Yep. That's a lot five of, suit changes in one movie. That's a lot of suits. He does it a lot in Far From Home too. I think there was five suits in Far From Home too. Wow. Um, but yeah. So it just and that's how it ends. You know, he swings out into the into the like near the Rockefeller Center or whatever in New York, and he's just going to be Spider Man. You know, he's listening on a on a police scanner. Out of out of ten, uh, a solid fifteen, I'd say. <laughs> like, yeah. such a good movie. I gave this a 10 out of 10, man. Like even with the tiny, tiny little things that I can nitpick with it, this movie is absolutely incredible. I mean, this is just a, just a show like they know what they're doing. They know how to execute it. And the fact that this is one of those things where like, I think I texted you about this offline was that feeling you get when you just finish like a series that is no longer going to be going on or a book and you're just left with that like void in your chest of like, I want more. I need to know what happens next. Like, but that's it. That's it. That's how I've been feeling about this movie, man. It's just like, I cannot wait to see what happens next to our spider hero. And just, it was, it's such a fun ride. But my question for you, before we talk about, uh, actually, let's talk about the post-credit scene real quick, and then we'll dive into what I was going to ask oh, you. So the movie, the whole movie itself, 15 out of 10. The first post-credit scene, <laughs> zero out of 10. <laughs> what is this? 
you know, this is kind of funny. It's kind of in line with the character, but you know, that's one thing I was going to say is this is a Sinister Six movie, but technically it's Sinister Five because the sixth person was too drunk to show up getting drunk with Danny Rojas from uh, Ted Lasso. Also, I can tell that not many people watched Ted Lasso in the movie theater because I actually yelled when I saw Danny Rojas, the bartender uh, with uh, Eddie Brock because I, I love Ted Lasso and he's one of the soccer players on there. But I felt so dumb. I was like, it's Danny. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm the only one who knows. Yeah, I honestly have no idea what you're talking about right now. Oh, my God. So basically, he's just a soccer player in the, the show with um, uh, Jason Sudeikis. But it's funny because I was reading comments and stuff in the show. Uh, the, Danny Rojas is like, football is life. Football is life. So it's be funny to be like, Venom is life. <laughs> if he gets the symbiote attached to him, it'd be so funny. Oh, so. so oh, my God. It's such a letdown. How do they let me down this hard? Like, how how are you going to get me so high and then bring me so low? Um, I wore a Venom shirt to this movie. I was like, Venom, it's happening. I got that. So. Oh, God. It, it goes over and then Tom Holland or Tom Hardy is just all drunk. And it's just like. Blah, blah. And then. You know, we are drunk. Yeah. Let's go skinny dipping. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, okay. And then it just, and then he just disappears. I'm like, like no, we just got here. <laughs> what? Excuse me? What? You see the, uh, the end of fucking, oh, excuse me, the end of uh, Venom and Carnage. And he's licking the screen. You're like, oh my God, we're going to get Tom Hardy and Tom Holland. Yes. Yes. And then this happens. No, you're not getting that. Big F you. No, and I'm just, oh, of course, he leaves a little bit of his goo behind. He's going to make another kid. Oh, I, I was, think I'm actually in favor of what they did. And here's why, after I sneeze. I was so let, let down. I was so let down. I am okay with this because Tom Hardy is Venom and Eddie Brock is very standout. And I don't think it would have been good in this movie if he was just another villain. Because there's a lot more development since he has his own two independent movies versus these other villains are just villains. Yes. As a lethal protector, he can continue on with his story, but now he's the reason why there's a symbiote in the MCU, which is, I think, more important because what's been an issue, especially if you go back to Spider-Man 3, they tried to shoehorn way too much stuff into it and didn't do a good job with Venom at all. Sorry, Topher Grace, <laughs> but it was just trash. The Venom so, voice was the best, man. It was just Topher Grace's <laughs> voice. But now that we have Ain't this established, par- like, Peter Parker <laughs> that uh, with Tom Holland that's just, like, a nobody and everything, you can actually take time to do a proper Venom story because that might have to be a whole movie of just on its own. And what we can get is this little bit of black goo actually attaching onto Tom Holland at some point in the future, which would give us a true black suit and everything. And I think they could actually do a really good job with it. And maybe this is an opportunity for them to reintroduce another Eddie Brock or something else. Or maybe they don't do Eddie Brock. Maybe they do someone else like Flash Thompson. Yeah, do like Agent Venom or something. I don't think I'd rather I want to see Flash, but I'm just saying I think they have well, I just mean a better chance and opportunity here than having Tom Hardy show up. I, I they do so well, and right now I'm complaining, and I'm gonna eat these words one day. But Venom famously attaches to Eddie Brock and Flash Thompson. Those are the two big ones. Agent Venom is Flash Thompson. Um, Eddie Brock obviously is the main Venom. If you're gonna introduce a different Eddie Brock, that is just 
absolutely shitting on Tom Hardy or Tom Hardy is going to absolutely shit on this other Eddie Brock. So you just can't do that. What if it's just Eddie Brock, but it's this universe's version of uh, yeah, Tom Hardy. But then, then you just got the constant comparisons. Well, the MCU one is this oh, that's, versus that's fair, this one fair. is this. Yeah. I feel like you, you just can't. I'm sure they're going to come up with something great. Maybe this guy's going to attach to Ned and Ned's going to be Venom or something. But I love Ned. I think he's great, but he's this weird fat guy and I don't think he'd be a good Venom. Although he looked weird in this movie because he lost a lot of weight and he's clearly bald and that's clearly a wig and he just looks strange. Yeah. However, don't tell me <laughs> that this Venom knows this Tom Holland and you're going to get this crossover and it's going to be freaking tits and then just have him be too drunk to do it like i if he wasn't in this movie fine but give me something give me something with him yeah. it, at some point put them together because this is hurting my heart man this is hurting my fucking heart oh i was so i was so disappointed it's like i don't know how it'd look i really don't i don't i don't I, I don't know how they would do it obviously they make billions of dollars and i work as a forklift operator but i really wanted it man i was so excited and then they were just like nah just kidding and i'm like oh why we have another movie from sony and the spider-verse coming up morbius yes now that this movie's gone out it's made me wonder a little bit more based off of those previews where you see like the raimi suit on the wall saying murderer, but it's a basically the exact same post from the PS4 game. We also have Morbius reference Venom. And then we also have uh, Michael Keaton in there, which we're assuming is Vulture. If Peter wiped his memory across the universe, multiverse, I should say, then it kind of makes sense that Vulture can't reference or that he knows Peter. But also, why would he be there? Because that's a different multiverse because Venom is apparent in it. So I'm really confused at what the hell Morbius is going to do with their story. It just does not make any sense to me. Yeah, go see Morbius now, right? I mean, it got me more intrigued, but it's just like I'm trying to connect the dots and it just doesn't make sense because Raimi's suit, Spider-Man's on the wall. But if Venom has never heard of Spider-Man before, then how the hell is there Toby Spider-Man there? So I, I just don't know what the hell they're doing. That's why I get nervous when Sony is in charge of their own stuff. I'm not going to lie. Made me so sad. So sad. So what I wanted to ask you now, and feel free to say uh, indifferently because you've only seen it once, where would you rank this in the overall MCU if you had to place it in a numerical position? Definitely top three. Top three? Wow. Movies are weird because it's like the best movie that the, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has put out for my money Avengers Infinity War. Mm -hmm. I would say this Infinity War, Endgame, and Avengers are probably the best four. My favorite movie in the MCU, Thor Ragnarok. Love Thor Ragnarok. Right. So this movie is like one of the best. Also, it's one of my favorite. I think I liked it better than Thor Ragnarok because of mm -hmm. all like I'm a I'm a big fan service guy, and they just yeah, threw all yeah. the fan service at me. Yeah. And Spider-Man is almost a cheat code when it comes to being a movie because they're just like, you know, all this stuff, take all this stuff. <laughs> and and like other movies, they have to explain stuff. And in this one, they're just like, do you know who Daredevil is? Here he is. And if you don't know who he is, figure it out. Also, I didn't say this earlier. This guy at work that torrented the movie had the audacity, had the audacity 
audacity to tell me that Daredevil should have been Ben Affleck, and I almost slapped him. I almost slapped him. And I said, Ben, ben Affleck's Daredevil came out a million years ago, and it was terrible. And he said, yeah, but he was Daredevil. I said, there's a whole show on Netflix, three seasons with Charlie Cox. And he said, well, I've never seen that. I said, it's not <laughs> my fault. Keep Ben Affleck away from this oh movie. Oh, my God. You know how pissed I'd be if actually the whole world would be if Ben Affleck showed up as Matt Murdock? Oh. That would have been one of the worst decisions oh. next to making uh, um, Chris Hemsworth's uh, eyebrows blonde in Thor. So, reg- uh, I'm sorry. I, I went on a little tangent there. Um, where does this rank? Probably, I would say, top three in both best movie and favorite movie. If not number one best movie, I th- I still think it's probably Infinity War. Inf- Infinity War is like a, it's like the piece de resistance or whatever you want to call it. It's a masterpiece. But yeah, yeah. How about you, Mister Devin? Because because I'm a I'm a huge Spider Man fan. I I. I I rep Captain America, I rep Thor, I rep the MCU, but deep down, Spider-Man's my guy. Spider-Man and Batman have always been my guys, and all these other guys I've liked after these movies came out, but I've always loved Spider-Man, I've always loved Batman, and so anything Spider-Man's in, I'm watching it, I'm playing it, I'm a part of it. However, you, I think you like Spider-Man more than I do, which is... Oh, I like the Spider-Man. Which is saying a lot, and like... I'm saying like, I really like him and I think you like him just a bit more than me. So like you have a Spider-Man suit and a whole shield that you put in front of your face. So yeah, I got the face shell and everything, but I no longer fit in my suit by like 20 pounds. So uh, I don't want a suit. You, <laughs> um, you got this. So basically after seeing it twice, it's cemented a guaranteed spot in my top five, but you brought up a good point. It's like in terms of good movie versus just my favorite, this is a toss-up between this and The Winter Soldier. Captain America and The Winter Soldier is still one of my all-time favorite movies. And it's like neck and neck with this. Um, just because of all the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff going on. just It's such a great espionage and spy and action, thriller, everything. Well, this movie, just it just, it's, it just succeeds in so many different ways. So if I had to really decide, I think No Way Home might be my top movie um, for the MCU. Where the next ones down would be... Uh, the, the Winter Soldier, Infinity War, Endgame, and then I just go down the list there. I think maybe we should post our list before the year is over um, because this movie was so damn good, man. I think with subsequent watchings and being able to watch this at home too, it might change a little bit. But I mean, hands down, I I will go to bat to say this is the best Spider-Man movie of all time. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to say otherwise. Best Spider-Man movie of all time, I'd say it's this and then it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, Into the Spider Verse is incredible. If now if they did a live action version of that movie, that would be this. It was great. Yeah, it'd be this. It was great, but it'd be even crazier. But I mean, it's just that's what gets me soaked about the sequels. But I mean, yeah, this and Into the Spider Verse, they showed that you can still have one character be the centralized focus, but still bring in the exact same other iterations of the character. Do this whole multiverse stuff, and your audience will still love it. They don't get lost. They don't get confused. We enjoy and i think that's one of the best things to look at because it makes it more possible to do this with other things now i know we've been talking your ear off we've been going on for forever and ever but i do have a last little thought that i want to get out i've been on tiktok and my whole tiktok is just spoilers for uh no way home 
somebody said he was going through the characters and he said that Doc Ock was amazing. And he said, but Green Goblin, and I didn't think about it until he said it. And now I've been thinking about it a lot. He said Green Goblin is the best villain in the MCU. And I said, wow. He said he beats Thanos. He, he beats Ultron. He beats Killmonger. He's the best villain. I said, wow, that's that's high praise. And I was like, well, I agree. Really? I do. And Richard, I told him that. And Richard was like, you're out of your mind. Thanos is the best. And I said, Thanos is the best. However, I feel that Green Goblin is the most evil person we've seen in an MCU movie. He said, no, man, Thanos. I said, Thanos thought he was doing something for the good Mm. of, of the world. Green Goblin was just like... Oh, you're not dead from my from my glider? Here's a pumpkin bomb, you bitch. And he just like <laughs> kills he Aunt May evil. just for no reason. Yeah. And it's like, I loved Willem Dafoe in this movie. I loved him. He was so great. Now he's incredible. I have to give you a little uh MCU magic in here, if you will. Green Goblin gets straight up murked by by uh by Tom Holland at the end of the movie. And he's just fine. His big, beautiful teeth are all intact. He's fine. In Spider-Man 1, he goes into a chamber full of gas, and he comes out, and he's like, ah. And, you know, I just watched the movie. I, for the life of me, I don't know why he went into that chamber full of gas. I don't remember why. However, if this was an MCU movie, he went into that chamber full of gas to try and recreate the Captain America Winter Soldier or Captain America Super Soldier Serum. In my mind, he's just a super soldier that they didn't have. Times a thousand. Like, like Captain America wasn't a thing when when Spider-Man was was coming out. So they weren't gonna be like, oh, you're trying to be Captain America. But you know, like Hulk was they were trying to recreate that when Hulk became the Hulk. When, you know, Bucky, they were trying to recreate it and made Bucky, uh, John Walker, all these other people. I just like to imagine it that. Green Goblin was trying to recreate the super soldier serum. And that's how he became crazy green goblin. That's so strong. He could just throw Peter through like seven floors into a basement or whatever. I will get behind that. I, I I dig that because I mean, I mean, just like the track history laid out, I mean, literally all these big issues have become because people keep trying to control um, and recreate that serum to strike lightning in a bottle again. But it is really comparable because, I mean, dude, he literally is getting the shit beat out of him and not one ounce of blood, not one scratch, not one bruise, nothing. And Peter is actually not holding his, his punches. And you see that when he destroys that first slam punch he does on the, the shield and everything, you know that he means business. And so, I mean, yeah, Green Goblin is definitely the most evil. I, I see your point in your argument and I see that's very valid because as you're describing, I'm trying to go back in my head, like all the way back to like Iron Man villains and the only person I would say is maybe just as evil, maybe Red Skull. Hella? Because, A, he was a Nazi. Um, but at the end of the day, he was after trying to get, like, power and trying to ascend and do other things. But I don't think he was as just pure evil as um, Green Goblin is, that persona. I can't think of anyone else that would match that. So I think your argument is pretty pretty solid like hella is the the goddess of death or whatever so she's like evil but like this guy's like oh yeah i forgot about hella yeah he's like a psychopath man he's just out there trying to kill people for just just because <laughs> like he, he's not trying to gain anything he's just like trying to be he just loves the chaos man yeah chaotic 
All right. I think we've covered a lot. You know, if you if you love the movie, let us know. If you hated the movie, watch it again. Love it. And then let us know. If you haven't, please give us a five star rating on Spotify and or any other uh, platforms you're listening to. It helps us out a lot. Follow us on Instagram for for all of our uh, stories and everything. And we have a TikTok. I've been trying to make videos and stuff. I made a kind of funny one today, I thought. But we'll see. I do want to ask you one more question before we sign out here, Devin. And I asked Richard on the way home from the movie. And I, I narrowed it down to two. But when you think of Batman, who is Batman's villain? Joker. Joker. Who is Superman's villain? Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. You know, when you think of like Black Panther, Black Panther's villain is Killmonger it, it, or man ape to a lesser extent a lot of superheroes have their villain who is spider-man's villain goblin or, goblin. or doc ock or doc ock those were the two i yeah. had i don't know who it yeah. is that's the nice thing about spider-man in general is that he has a very good like rogues gallery of villains he's up against it's not like if you were to ask to start listing off villains for iron man or Black Widow, or even Thor, you're going to struggle. But also, Spider-Man's been more mainstream, has more shows and shit, but like, just look at the villains we saw in this movie. You can instantly see, oh yeah, it's a formidable foe. This one, this one, this one, this one. But I mean, really what it comes down to is all these people that take the cake, like Doc Ock and Green Goblin. So I feel like for Spider-Man, it's it's either Green Goblin or it's Doc Ock. And then when you pick one, you go, well, hang on. And then you got to think of the other one. I mean, you could also say like Vulture, but then come on, or you can say Scorpion or you can say Rhino or, you you know, Electro. What I will say is it depends on the context. Sometimes the like the worst villain in terms of just most evil chaos, everything that's always going to be the thorn in Peter's side is Goblin because he's just evil. But the villain that is the most like Peter and has the most like ethical and moral dilemmas involved is always going to be Dr. Octavius. Especially after playing Spider-Man PS4, that story with Doc Ock, as you watch him just dwindle into madness due to his uh, disease and the technology that takes control of him, They're gonna take that my final arms. battle is so effing good. Yeah. That, like Even when I was playing it for the first time and breaking that, like finishing the game, I was in tears, like button mashing. I'm like, because ah! he's talking about like, I like I looked up to you. You're everything I wanted to be, and now you're you know they're fighting. It's it's so good. Play the damn game, or just watch the end scene. You'll see what I'm talking about. So I always think Doc Ock is the best villain, like as a challenge for Peter. But the one that's always going to be the issue is always going to be Goblin. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, see what you said. I thought that was that's interesting. A it's a tough one. Maybe I'll put it on our uh, on our uh, Instagram. People can answer. Yeah, especially ask like who's the best villain. Uh, we went a little long today, but this movie is that good. I'm sure there's lots we missed. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask. Maybe we'll do a follow-up uh, end-of-the-year recap and stuff after the new year and everything to kind of really see if we saw this multiple times. I plan on seeing it at least two more times. Um, I, I've seen it in Dolby twice. I want to see it in IMAX, and if there's a 3D, I kind of want to see it in that. Uh, I like to compare. So maybe we'll, uh, we'll find some new things and more Easter eggs as they come out, but... Well, guys, thank you for joining us today, and uh, we'll catch you uh, 
catch you on the flippity flop. Bye. Here's a pumpkin bomb, you bitch.